This is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals. I'm Nick Curran. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you checking in on the podcast. You can get it at uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, any of those ways. And we certainly appreciate the subscribe, the stream, the download, and uh, a rating as well. If you could throw us a rating, that would be much appreciated. Great guest this week on the podcast. We talked to a true Cardinal legend, All-American wide receiver, and a two-time All-Big East selection, Louisville football legend Harry Douglas, our guest. Harry, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks uh, Thanks for doing this. We're, we're recording this right after it, it happened, so how was your Father's Day? It was actually great. I think it was the best Father's Day I've ever had because it was the first time uh, my father, my brother, who's a father, and myself uh, was all together with all of our kids for Father's Day at one time. Because, as you know, my brother, as you may, I don't know if you know or not, but my brother, he played in the NBA for nine sure. years and he plays overseas still now. So our schedules are crazy and it's hard for all of us to be together at times. So it was the first time we was actually able to be together and it was it was amazing. That's awesome. I guess that's uh, maybe one one positive of of uh, of all this stuff that's been going on for several months with the pandemic and everything. Some schedules are slowing down a little bit right now, and maybe a little more family time. Yeah, a lot of more family time. And for me, I'm so busy um, doing a lot of media stuff and uh, things of that nature, and, and and was traveling so much doing that. It actually gave me time to be at home more. And and my son, he's 11 months, see certain things in him his first steps of him walking and the whole nine. And so just cherishing all those those times and being with my daughter, my wife, and all of us just being together and, and, and enjoying this time. Well, that's great to hear. And, and you mentioned, um, you know, the, the media work you've been doing. You haven't been um, finished with playing for very long, but but how has uh, that transition been and, and how did that come about to, to kind of doing more on, on the media side of things? That transition has been amazing. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I know every off season, I think since like 2000 and it was even 14 or 15, um, I did an internship at a radio station here in Atlanta, 92.9 The Game. And I was just doing it to do different things. But as I was doing it, I actually fell in love with it. Uh, fell in love with how close to the game uh, media members are and have you st- how you still have to uh, practice and prepare if you want to be great at your craft. Because uh, if you do not, a lot of people think you just come into the media business and just come off the streets and just go and, 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 and do a show, radio or TV. And it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You have to put that time in uh, to perfect your craft uh, the same way you would do as if you're playing. So falling in love with the process, um, you're still involved with the game, closely with the game. You still have to know coverages. You still have to know blitzes and the whole nine. So that's actually how I feel in love with it. Where, where do you, where do you want to go with it? What are, what are some, uh, some broadcasting goals for you now that you've transitioned to that? So I want to be a sportscaster, uh, a broadcaster. I want to, I want to call games the whole nine. I, I don't have any um, measures. I want to do it all. That is awesome. Cannot wait to see more of you on the television. I know you were uh you were in on some some NFL draft coverage with ESPN. How was that? That was great. And, and I, I was on there with people. Um, I actually did a lot of things with ESPN throughout the season in college sure. football. Got a chance to um, 
do the national championship game. Got a chance to do the semifinal game out in Arizona. Uh, did some uh, countdown to uh, college game day appearances, a college football show, Rankin's reaction show. And I got to do it with Jason Fitz, Mike Golick Jr., um, Trevor Scales, Gary Streisky, a lot of people uh, that I form relationships with. So when we do these things, it's just like, okay, it's, it's like you're just going on there with your brother or your sister and, and, and you guys just gelling. So it's great to have a, a great supporting cast and, and, and people around you uh, that accept you in the business also. Awesome. Uh, awesome to hear. Uh, let's, let's get into back into your, uh, your, your playing days before the, the media stuff. And let's, let's go back. I guess we'll start closer to the beginning and kind of move forward. Um, what, what, uh, why football? I know you were a, a really good basketball player in high school too. And, and, uh, I, I'm sure, uh, probably played a number of things growing up like so many guys do, but how, uh, how did football capture you and, and kind of, uh, become your love? Well, football captured me. And first I'll say this, I grew up playing basketball, baseball, football, and I ran track and I did all four in high school also. And when I committed to Louisville to play football, a lot of people in Georgia was confused because I was so good at baseball and basketball. They thought one of those two things is what I was going to college to play. So a lot of people was confused, but I fell in love with football because um, the physical aspect of the game, um, the mental aspect of the game, uh, a lot of the traits that you form and, and learn from the game of football pertains to everyday life. And I just, I just love the physical nature. When, when you're young and you're, you're very aggressive and, <laughs> and things of that nature, you, you, you kind of fall in love with football. And it, it just gave me an opportunity to, if things were ever bothering me, it gave me an opportunity to go out on that football field and just release it all. And you can't say that about every sport. Football, I, I think, and I say football, rugby, hockey are three sports where you can just go out on, go out, uh, on the field or the rink and just let go and release anything that you're feeling at that time. And that's one thing I love about football. A lot of aggression you can get out. You, uh, you mentioned your brother, Tony, who, who played in the NBA playing overseas. Uh, what were those, what were those battles like? Uh, maybe, maybe some one-on-one -on -one hoops. Well, we used to play, I, I remember when I was at Louisville and I used to go down and, and spend some time with my brother while he was at Florida state. We literally, for my conditioning, I used to play my brother one-on-one, -on -one, full court at their practice facilities, full court one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> and um, it, it got to a point where, you know, I couldn't beat my brother no more. He, my brother's like 6'3", about 215, so he's way bigger than me. So he has a football body. I have a basketball body. <laughs> <laughs> it's but funny it, how those things it, work it, out. It's, and it's fun. And, and me and my brother, we're, we're best friends. And, and it's great having a brother to play a professional sport because – so many things that we both go through that only me and him can understand and never, not everyone else. Uh, we talk uh, just about every day. Um, we're, 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 we're basically twins, but, but we're not twins. Uh, that, that kind of connection. Why you mentioned picking Louisville, why Louisville out of high school? Why did you, why did you choose to come to the cards? Well, first and foremost, they had a great academic, uh, program especially what I want to study which was political science I wanted to be a lawyer since I was four years old um, when I came up here I already knew numerous of, of the guys um, 
Dion Branch wasn't here when I was here, but I already knew him because he's from Albany, Georgia, and I'm from Atlanta. Joshua Tent, he was already up here because uh, he's from Albany, and I knew him from AAU basketball. So a lot of the guys that were up here I had already knew, and it felt like a home away from home. Uh, most of the facilities were becoming, if not, were becoming newer. Uh, the campus was beautiful. And I love the fact that it was the city. It wasn't like the plain out country. You know, a lot of you tell a lot of people you're going to Louisville, you're going to Kentucky. They're like, oh, man, you're going to the country. Well, Louisville, they don't understand. Louisville's the actual city. And home of the Kentucky Derby, home of Muhammad Ali, home of a Louisville Slugger, all of those things So were major attractions also. And like I said, it's, it's basically, it, it felt like a home away from home for me. And, and when a place feels like that, it was a no-brainer for me to, 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 to come here. I'll go there. You uh, and you redshirted your first year, is that right? I did. I did redshirt. I got hurt. <laughs> yeah. How I got hurt and redshirted. How looking back was that? Was that a a help at all to to kind of get adjusted to the college game to have a year to kind of watch it from from up close, but not actually be on the field? It actually was because when I came in, I was about five eight, one hundred twenty five pounds, so I was tiny, and um probably led to, to me getting hurt. I jumped up for a ball and landed on my ribs and my my ribs didn't support the, the fall. But it gave me a chance to, to, to get adjusted to the college game, the physicality of the game, uh, the speed of the game and everything of that nature. And the, and the, and the mental aspect of the game also. Sure. A, a big part of it. And um, you mentioned you knew a lot of folks here, but, but always an adjustment kind of moving away from home too, right? Oh yeah, of course. It was it was my first time uh, away from home. But when you have uh, and another thing that helped me too, I had great roommates. All my roommates I had because when you're when you're when you're a freshman, you all have to stay at the dorms or whatnot. But I had one another roommate that was from uh, Coffee County High School in South Georgia. Another guy that was from New Orleans, and another guy that was from Alabama. So all of us was from the dirty South. <laughs> all of us so we bonded very very well and it made it a lot easier also 2004 you got to get on the field and and that was a an amazing season a conference usa championship season and then um that had a big play in, in that liberty bowl win against boise state i know a lot of folks listening to this will remember one of the one of the classic bowl games, just uh, going back through that was that was an amazing game, a high scoring game, some eighty four points scored in that game, and and uh, you guys were able to win it. What, what do you remember about that about that Liberty Bowl and 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 kind of that that whole special uh, conference championship season? Um, I can actually say the Liberty Bowl for me um, was a a major staple point in in my in my career. Um, because of the fact of the, the reverse, I took for a touchdown, yeah. and I, I had a quick return. Also, I should have returned for a touchdown, <laughs> but I'm not going to harp too much on that. <laughs> but it's just a, it's it's more of a a confidence thing. Like I like you knew the whole season, and we had so many great receivers on our team. Um, I was just playing sparingly in spots here and there, and doing a lot, playing a lot of special teams on kickoff cover and the whole coverage in the whole nine uh, on the punt block team. But you're just trying to find your niche. You're trying to find your niche. You're trying to find your role. You're trying to understand how do you belong um, on the team and, which, and, and, and define your role. And I think towards the end of that season, 
I started I started understanding a lot of stuff more 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 and more, and it showed in that Liberty Bowl making a place. But to be able to have a big play in that game to to help your team win was was amazing. And I was I, I was in awe, man. But I knew from that moment I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grind and work harder because I love how this feels. I, I, I love how this feels. I love winning. I love being in big games, and, and I just love uh, that my teammates can count on me and be there for me 100%. And absolutely. Fast forwarding a couple of years, I guess kind of the one of the signature seasons in, in Louisville football history and, and certainly in recent Louisville football history, that Orange Bowl year um, from, from 2006. So many, so many giant games from that season. Um, one that, that obviously comes to mind that November 2nd game against West Virginia, a couple of top five teams, a blackout, um, at Cardinal stadium, uh, you still see people wearing that, uh, that blackout shirt around town from that game. Um, what was that night? Like it, it I, I was watching on TV from afar, but it, it seemed like it was, uh, pretty electric. That night is a night I would never forget. Um, it's one of the things I remember the most about my college career. And it was cold, but I didn't care about the cold. I love playing in cold weather, even, co- even coming from Atlanta. Um, it was a blackout. I remember everyone just out there tailgating. The stadium was packed. The stadium was rocking. If I'm not mistaken, I believe we were ranked fifth. West Virginia were, was ranked third. Yep. And it was basically one of the, a staple game to decide who basically who will probably have a chance to play for the national championship down the line. And for us to win that game was amazing. But then the following week, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how that even got scheduled for us to have back-to-back Thursday night games. <laughs> but it happened, and we went up the following week, and um, we lost to Rutgers. But I'll tell you that. I'll tell you this. As much of an impact the West Virginia game had on me, the Rutgers loss probably impacted my career totally more than anything um, did while I was in college. How so? Um, I was just so I was just so hurt because I I, I wanted to win a, a national championship and play for a national championship so bad, and I knew that loss was going to hurt our chances. Um, because if we win that game, Florida doesn't even go to the national championship. Right. We go and we play Ohio State. So it, it's just it, it it got me to refocus and um depart the uh just 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 focus and think about what I wanted, what I wanted to do, what did I want to accomplish, what did I wanted for our team, what did I want, how much of a leader, more of a leader could I be um, to, to help us get over the hump. And we didn't, after that game, we, we refocused and we got back on our, our path to greatness and we, we ended it with the Orange Bowl victory down in Miami. Yeah, got things uh... – refocus quickly and and before that orange bowl had to beat um uconn at home to to kind of secure it and still remember um a lot of folks tossing some oranges around that day onto the field etc when when (laughs) you got that win and and locked up that bit in the orange bowl that was pretty cool so the orange bowl was was a was a a special moment another special moment in my life because number one my mom is from miami my mom's side of the family is from miami 
So I had, uh, and my dad is from Gainesville, Florida. I was actually born in Tampa. I just was raised in, in Atlanta. But a lot of my family got to come and, 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 and see that, that Orange Bowl victory. And at the time, it was when the BCS was going on. It was a BCS game. And to get a team victory and continue to put Louisville on the map, it's one, one of my goals is when I, when I went to Louisville. You know, you go to a program and you're like, okay, I'm going to go here because I want to be the first at certain things. You know what I mean? And you want to be a trendsetter. And, and I feel like within my Louisville career and the teams that I played on, I feel like we were that. Yeah, uh, some amazing teams, that huge Orange Bowl for you and a, a huge win. Um, that season, the, the single season receiving yards record you set, uh, over 1,200 yards, that stood until uh, until this past year, Tutu Atwell, card receiver, uh, besting you by some seven yards uh, receiving. I, I don't know, ha- have you had a chance to, to watch him play much and Tutu Atwell so quick and and obviously had a big year and kind of a resurgent year for for Louisville this past season. How how much did you get to see of him? I watched a lot of Tutu Atwell. I'm I'm very close with Coach Gunnar Brewer, the receiver coach, and um, I know recently I was on some Zoom meetings with the guys and the receivers and going through some plays and some stuff and getting their brains on what they're thinking, telling them what I'm thinking on certain routes in the whole nine and. I think Coach Brewer, first, I'm going to start with their receiver coach. Um, I think he's one of the best in the business. He does a great job not only coaching football, but loving them as men first and seeing them grow as men first and football second. And you have to love that. And he, he stands behind them 100%. Um, he keeps it real with them. I think one of the one of the – Coaches that's getting into the business, he's been in the business for a long time, but for coaches who are getting into the business, one thing players respect the most out of anything is when you keep it real with them. You don't sugarcoat anything. You just tell them like it is 100%. They can respect that more than anything. And Coach Brew does a great job of that and preparing these guys for the next level. But I watch Tutu a lot, and Tutu has the chance to be a first-round draft pick. I think he's that good. He's quick, he's fast, he's shifty. Um, he's a big play waiting to happen every time he touches the football. Um, I remember I told him a couple times last year, I, I, I can't wait for you to break the record. Records are meant to be broken, and I think he's going to have a better year this year. Yeah, everyone looking forward to that. Well, hey, you mentioned uh, Gunnar Brewer and, and you know his philosophy, and that seems to be – uh, something held by by the entire coaching staff. Uh, what have you? What do you think of the state of of the the football program, uh, the one from which you're an alum right now? I'm in love with it. The program is. Um, they decided to go the direction with with Coach Sat, Coach Satterfield. I call him Coach Sat, and I think he's done a tremendous job. Um, because now the the players that come in nowadays, they're a little different. You, you have to explain more. It's, it's, it's demanding less and, and more of understanding each player on your roster, where they're coming from, and how they learn and how they take coaching. And I think that's a big thing with coaching. The coach Sat does a great job, and he has the atmosphere of feeling like a family. Everyone around the Louisville program, it feels like it's a family, and that's how it should be. The guys are having fun. 
And when they go out there on Saturdays, Thursdays, Fridays, whatever day it is, Sundays or Monday, um, they'll run through a wall for Coach Satterfield. And that's how you that's the that's the nucleus you want within your program. And that's how you want your head coach to be. I know those guys to go to Coach Sat about anything at any moment. And and that's the open door policy that he has. And um, I love what he's doing. I love what he's built in the short time that he's even been there. Now, I'm. I'm so excited to the point I can't wait for, for this season to start if we have one. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, and I'm hoping that we do because I think it's going to be – it's only going to get better and better each year. Yeah, incredible family atmosphere they've certainly built. Uh, b- back to you uh, and, and your career quickly here. Um, what was it like to hear your name called in, in the NFL draft, a third round pick of the Falcons and obviously went on to a great NFL career. But what was, what was that, that night like when you learned that you'd been picked by the Falcons? So when I got picked by the Falcons um, in the NFL draft back in 2008, it was very exciting, but I can honestly say it was uh, probably more exciting because I got picked by the team I grew up watching as a kid. I think that made it more um, ecstatic and exciting for me and my family. Uh, the fact that I got a chance to play at home where I grew up and sat inside that Georgia Dome watching games and telling my father, I'm going to be out there one day. And it was just so emotional because it's like everything is falling in place. Everything that I've worked for is falling in place. The dog, the dog days that I had, and sometimes, and I don't care what anyone says, while you're grinding and you're going through that journey, it's a lot of times you're going to ask yourself, what are you doing? Why am I, why am I doing this in the whole nine? That's just human nature. That's natural. But when you finally make it, when you finally make it, you're excited about making it, but it's the journey and the path you took that you remember the most. And, and that's, the, that's what, what was weighing on me. I'm like, man, this is what the journey was all about, getting here. Now, I, now I'm on a new journey. And uh, a great, a great new journey it was in the NFL um, with the Falcons in particular. I mean, you were part of some pretty incredible receiving cores there. I mean, there was Julio Jones, there was Roddy White, there was obviously Tony Gonzalez. You were playing alongside. I mean, you guys were were quite the receiving core there in Atlanta. That had to be pretty fun to to have a chance to have all you guys on the on the same team. And we literally. A lot of people crowned us, to, and, and we already knew we were, the best receiver core in the NFL. And um, teams knew when they was coming to play us, number one, they knew we weren't going to back down. We was going to bring it in the pass game, in the run game. If we were on special teams, it didn't matter. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of, a lot of secondaries and defenses that was uh, – worried about us every week but I'll tell you this even now to this day though um, I know I went to I went up to Tony's Hall of Fame speech um, Hall of Fame inductee mm-hmm. this this past year um, shoot me and Julio this past Saturday we did a workout together um, Roddy was at my house this past week <laughs> we're still brothers like it's it, it's bigger than football and, and that's one thing I love about it man the relationship that you get out of the game um, is are, they're bigger than football. And to the day we die, and even after that, we're going to still be close when we're up in heaven. It, it goes back to what you were talking about, the, the family atmosphere that, that you're yep. seeing built at Louisville, and, and that's what it's all about, right? Yep, that's right. Exactly what it's all about. Uh, 
want to go back to, to something you mentioned uh, about Gunter Brewer earlier. You said, uh, you know, he, he sees the players as, as men first and, and football players second. Um, and I think that message is, is uh, more important now than, than ever with, with everything we've seen going on across the country. And obviously you're there in Atlanta and in, in a spot that has been, um, you, you know, uh, very much in the news here in Louisville has as well. And, and many other places, uh, what, what has been kind of your, your thoughts and, and take on, on everything we're seeing across the country right now? Well, I, I think one of the things that's happened in our country right now was uh, people that were oblivious uh, to what the African-American community has been speaking on all these years are starting to see things more now and are taking the time to understand and want to know and understand. And I, I just have a couple things that for people to do is you got to have the uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations with families, friends, coworkers. And at the same time, while you're having those conversations, you got to make sure you don't take things personal because those conversations could be very sensitive. Um, you have to educate yourself on the history of minorities in our country and Caucasians, not just one or the other, but you have to educate yourself on, on all of it. And the next thing I would say is, encourage everyone to vote understand that a lot of things can get done through the political pressure that you push for for change in whatever area that you are in um understand where you are voting understand who you're voting for the, the candidates and, and and research them inside out uh get involved with organizations and programs that that, that help kids and families uh defeat the odds donate your time uh give money, listen to stories, and just try to understand as much as possible. Because now I think we're finally at a point in our country where people um, who didn't understand what's going on from an African-American standpoint actually understand it and want to understand it now. And the generation that we have coming up, I think they're going to be the generation that stops everything. Here's to that. And I certainly hope, uh, hope, that that is uh, that, oh, that positivity thing, comes to fruition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one last thing for a lot of lot of things to change, though. At the end of the day, um, it has a lot to do with people's heart. It has a lot to do with people's heart, man. You 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 have to have the heart to love people, no matter who they are. I tell people all the time: if you have a if if you have a dog as a pet, you don't treat a white dog better than you treat a black dog, do you? You don't treat a beige dog better than you may treat a brown dog, do you? Like, it's if you don't do that with animals, why are you doing it with humans? I think it's a a great message, and I, I think it's it's a, a great perspective from you on from everything going on right now. I I think very well said, and and hopefully folks will will get a chance to hear this and 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 heed a lot of those words. Uh, really appreciate your time. Been very generous with it. Um, I, I, uh, you know, selfishly, it was so much fun to watch you play over the course of your career. Really, really awesome to, to get a chance to do this and, and, uh, hoping to see you, uh, your name go up on that, uh, ring of honor inside Cardinal stadium very soon. Appreciate that, man. I'm look listen, I'm looking forward to it. And I got some pressure on me because my, my brother, um, just got inducted into the hall of fame at, uh, Florida state. They just they told him what well, they told him 
that they're, they're going to do him this year. So I got some pressure on me. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully you are next up. Uh, really appreciate the time and, and uh, hoping that day's coming soon. I appreciate that. Another big thanks to the Cardinal legend, Harry Douglas, for joining us this week. And a quick note while we're on the subject of football, as we record this, the news just coming down that the 2020 season opener for the Cards has been moved off of Thursday, September 3rd. It has been moved up to Wednesday, September 2nd to avoid uh, conflicting with everything going on at Churchill Downs around the new Kentucky Derby weekend in September. So the game against NC State, the season opener moved from Thursday, September 3rd to Wednesday, September 2nd. Certainly be sure to note that change. Again, the podcast available iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you checking it out. Be sure to subscribe, stream, download, and we would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast as well. Thanks so much for being with us this week. I'm Nick Curran, and this is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals.